Thank you for tuning into Calvary Life Keller's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged in your personal relationship with Jesus. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit us at www.calvarylife.us. You may be wondering why I'm sitting down. Uh, you might be saying, well, Pastor, are you tired? No, it's because of my faith. See, we, we are in a series called For Real, For Real Faith. And so we have been uh, breaking down what real faith means. And so our, the biblical definition of faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly, it just doesn't make any sense. Something, you're trusting in something you cannot explicitly explain. It just doesn't make sense. That's what faith is. And this definition contains two aspects, intellectual assent and trust. Intellectual assent is believing something to be true. Trust is actually relying on that something to be true. So we use the chair as a metaphor, right? So intellectual assent recognizes this is a chair that supports someone to sit in it. Trust is actually sitting in the chair. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I'm sitting in the chair. I'm trusting the Lord no matter what. So this is our metaphor of the seat, our seat of faith. It's one thing about knowing what faith is, but it's another of having faith and applying your faith, putting your faith to work. So faith is substance, not concepts. Oh, you got to say it with me. Faith is substance, not concepts. Faith cannot stay here. Faith in the head is dead. Oh, you got to tell your neighbor because they may not know that. Faith in the head is dead. So we've been working on getting faith from here to here to our actions. From our heads to our hearts and to our actions. Amen? So it's another reason why I am sitting here. Because I'm prophetically speaking faith over my life. See, I want to be able to say at the end of my life, when everything is over, when everything's said and done, I want to be able to sit in my seat in faith, and I want to be able to say what Paul said. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4-7, he says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Oh, somebody got to just get excited about that. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. See, see, Paul was not pressured by the culture. See, I don't know what y'all going to do, but I'm going to keep my faith. So Christians these, these days have a hard time keeping our faith. Because faith doesn't make any sense. Right? When God, when God tells us, and Jesus told the disciples, well, you are to forgive your neighbor, your, the person 70 times 70. That doesn't make any sense. He said it per day. 70 times 70 per day. That's exhausting. Like I have to forgive someone 70 times 70 per day. That's a lot of forgiving. But how many times God forgives you per day? 
No, I'm just, I'm just asking the question. How many times does God forgive you per day? You know, because we're some complicated people. We are. <laughs> right? So we want forgiveness, but a lot of times we don't want to give forgiveness because we feel like the person doesn't deserve it. <laughs> but I, I read my Bible. I Trust me, I really do. And I don't see it in the Bible where it says that you only forgive the person when they deserve it. Wow. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So he said, doesn't make any sense. He says, forgive, forgive, forgive 70 times 70 per day. That's amazing. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense, right? So I want to be able to sit in my seat of faith at the end of my life and just I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Do not allow the pressure of the place that you're in to, to give, uh, give your faith away. Do not allow where you are right now to pressure you to give up your faith. Keep, keep the faith. Somebody say keep the faith. Keep the faith. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk to you about keeping the faith. How do we keep our faith? See, I believe there's someone here today or maybe listening online or is not here just for information. They are here out of desperation. So God's got a word for you today. He's telling you to hold on for a second. Don't get up as you see the faith. Hold on. Breakthrough is coming. God's about to move in your life. Just hold on for a moment. Are you with me? I'm, God is speaking to someone today. Just hold on to your faith. Don't get up yet. Finish the race. Keep the faith. Finish the race. Keep the faith. So I'm very excited about what will transpire out of this series. I feel like uh, uh, faith is growing in this church. That's why I got a bigger cheer. Because faith is growing in this church. You know, I really uh, I feel like we are learning how to apply faith during trials and tribulations. I really feel that we are learning how to apply faith in our everyday lives. I really feel that our faith will start impacting others around us. And so the, the hope that I have at the end of this series is that we learn how to finish the race and how to keep the faith. And so what I have learned is that faith is a lifestyle, not something you use in case of an emergency. No, it's, it's true, because I really feel like a lot of Christians run to God only in emergency, and they ask him to put out the fires in their lives. And so they don't ask God for revelation, they ask him, for a fire extinguisher to put out fires. So we have a lot of Christians say, Lord, just, just, just help me, just help me, Lord God. I, just, I lost my job. Uh, I, I lost my girlfriend. I lost, I lost my boyfriend. I'm having all these problems, Lord God. Just, just, just give me something to put out all these fires in my life. We don't ask him for revelation. We just ask him for a temporary fix, right, just to put out fires in our life. So, you know, when, when a fire is put out, the problem is still there. You still have the smoke. You still have the stain. 
the ashes and the smell, it just stank. Right? You still have the problems that will not go away. It's, you know, so we ask God for a temporary fix. We don't ask him for a revelation. Because a revelation is revealed truth. It's something that's hidden but was, has always been there. So we don't want to ask God for revelation because he may reveal the truth to us. We may be the arsonist of our faith. Because a lot of Christians, we create fires in our lives, and then we ask God to put out the fires. And then we get, we get so confused, we get so consumed, we'll put it out our own fires. We can't even tell when, when God is trying to send us a test to grow our faith. Because we're so busy, busy putting out fires, and when God gives us a test, we put that out too. The thing about trying, the thing about a temporary fix, this will run out. It's, it's hard to, to, to finish you're the race of faith when you're running on empty. God wants us to finish. See, we are good starters, but God wants us to be better finishers. You have to have faith to start, but you have to have greater faith to continue because what we are up against in society of trying to get us to conform to the ways of this world, it's nothing more important to the world than a Christian to conform to its ways. Because if it takes the church, the world has everything. So it's hard to finish the race when we are running on empty. And so we cannot have a distant relationship with, with God. We don't just go to God just in case of an emergency. God wants us to come to him for everything. In every season, in every moment, God just want to have a conversation with you, right? So faith just doesn't grow just based on your emergency, right? It's spending that time, as Pastor Joaquin was just talking about, it's just spending that time with him daily when your faith grows. If you look back at your life, five, look back five years of your life, I'm hoping that you see growth. I'm hoping that you look at your life and say, man, wow, look, I have grown. But I believe a lot of Christians, it's not in this church, so you could tell someone else. There's no one in this church, right? But I believe some Christians are still the same 10 years ago, dealing with the same problems, right? Right? Going to, going to different churches with the same problems, with their backs. <laughs> you know, going one church to the next. Another church, and, and never take time to, to allow God to unpack your backs to give you that revealed truth that you need to make you better, for you to grow stronger. Like, I want to encourage you. I want people in this church to finish, to finish well, to sit in your seat of faith and just say, I have kept the faith. No matter what challenges that came in my life, I have kept the faith. The enemy cannot have your faith. Don't allow the enemy to steal your faith. Tell him he cannot have it. He cannot have it. If you spend more time with God, he can't take your faith because you know who you are. So I'm going to talk to you about keeping the faith. So my point, point number one of how to keep the faith, you have to plant seeds of faith. You have to plant seeds of faith so your faith can grow. Matthew 17, 
20 says, So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a size, as a, as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. That is awesome, right? So faith starts off small. We, meant, we talked about this before. Faith starts off small, but we should not stay that way, right? So whatever is given to, to us by God is in seed form, and we must nurture it in our, in our hearts in order for that seed to become deep roots. Faith as the size of a mustard seed, right? So, so what does it mean to have a mustard seed of faith? Mustard seed is one of the tiniest, most significant seed found in the Middle East, a fast-growing annual herb that the mustard seed grows up to 10 feet tall in just a few short months, demonstrating the striking example of, a potential, of the potential of a small, insignificant seed. So what, so what it is, so when we put our faith in God's hands, it's, it's like planting a seed. It's giving God something to work with. Yes. Like you got to give him something. Right? So he's saying that all you have to have is faith is the size of a mustard seed. It doesn't have to be this big, big faith. That's not how we start off. Think about King David's life, right? So, right, he started off as a shepherd boy. See, when we read about it, it's like we like to fast forward. We like to go where he defeated Goliath. We just like, ah, yeah, I can defeat Goliath in, in our lives. You know, in whatever Goliath that come in my life, I can defeat that. I can just take my slingshot. I can just knock him upside the head. Man, yes, I've size, a faith size as a Goliath. I have Goliath size faith. But that's not how David started. David started as a shepherd boy. He was faithful where he was. He was faithful where he was. And then he had to face a lion. Then he had to face a bear. So when he got to Saul, when Goliath came, when everybody else was afraid of Goliath, David was like, I have now Goliath-sized faith. But he gave Saul his resume. Do you know what I did? Do you know what I defeated already? You know all the things that I had to overcome? See, I was faithful as a shepherd boy, right? I was, I was faithful. I was tested with a lion in a beer. Now I'm ready for something bigger. Now I have Goliath-sized faith, right? And so he went out and he defeated the, the Goliath. But I'm here to tell you there are some people, right, uh, want Goliath-sized faith, right, but have not t passed the test of the lion in the beer. So we want, we want this big faith, we want this big faith, but it's like, you, so you have, to, you have to be faithful where you are now. Be faithful where you are now. Maybe you just have a mustard seed faith. That's okay. God can work with that. Be faithful where you are. See, we want these Goliath-sized blessings, but we're not faithful where we are. We want this big promotion in our job, but we're not faithful with the coworkers in our life that's just a pain in the butt. But we want, to, we want to lead them, but we don't want to support them. So we want this life-size blessing, but we're not faithful where we are. God's saying that I just need to be faithful where you are. There's a process to this thing. Just give me the, the smallest faith that you have. I can work with that. I can, I can work with that. Because by the time I get done with you, you're going to be able to defeat a lion. 
And then you're going to be able to defeat a bear. And then when the Goliaths of your life come, right, you're going to be able to defeat that, right? Seed does nothing until it's planted. You will not reap what you are hoping for if you don't sow into it. If you don't spend that time with God, if you don't spend that time in, in, in prayer, what you're hoping for, you will not reap. I'm sorry. Stop the car, honey. All day long, every day, we are either weeding, watering, or harvesting something we planted. So we are, so all day long, every day in our lives, we are either weeding, watering, or harvesting something we have planted. Can I talk to the married folks right now? Right? But we got, we got, to, we got to sow seeds of, of faith in, in, in our marriage. So what, what seeds are, are, are you sowing? I mean, because think about it. If we, uh, we can't expect uh, wonderful things, right? First of all, let me just back up. We don't, we don't expect tomatoes to grow in a dandelion seed, out of a dandelion seed, right? So we can't expect wonderful things to come out of our marriage when we sow, like, distance and bitterness and, you know, uh, all those type of things, right? And then expect to harvest romance, because what you sow, you shall reap into your marriage. So what seeds are you sowing in, in your marriage? What seeds are you planting in your marriage? Right? But some, for some of us, we have to weed some things out of our marriage. Wow. Mm. It's got real quiet. We got most married couple folks in here. They're like, they don't even want to look at me. They, they're not even looking at their spouse right now. They're looking directly at me. I see all eyeballs. Some of, some of you are like, preach it, pastor. Yeah, I've been telling him. I've been telling him, right? He's got to fix his attitude, right? Some got some weeding to do. So give God, we have to give God something to work with. Sow seeds of faith in every aspect of your life into your marriage, right? into your marriage. Some, some people that may be listening online on, on or something, you may have a, a spouse that, who is not faithful, who is, who is not serving the Lord. But God says, you believe, so you keep the faith. Yes. He'll do the rest. You believe, you keep the faith. We have to sow seeds. Give God something to work with. Sow seeds of faith in your ministry, right? So God said, be faithful where you are. Whatever your assignment is right now in your ministry, he says to be faithful where you are. Stop asking God for more where you're not faithful what you have. He said don't despise the day of small beginnings. Right? I want God to say, well, you've been faithful with the little things. Now you're ready for something more. Be faithful with the little things. Be faithful where you are right now. Right? Sow seeds. Sow seeds. If you're, if you're having a, a financial crisis, Sow seeds, right? So, so just give. Give your way out of it. God's faithful. Give your way out of it. Amen? So we pray and ask God to answer, but he doesn't answer in the way we think. He sends a need, and in that need is the seed to your answer. So that was point number one. Point number two, we learn not to keep the faith. We have to keep the faith. So point number two is lay aside unnecessary weight. It's to lay aside unnecessary weight. So Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, 
we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we're all surrounded by witnesses, right? Uh, people around us, watching us, watching us, right? Um, we have opportunities to, uh, to impact others with our faith. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we need to lay aside some of the unnecessary weight because it holds us down. So anytime you see a professional runner um, run, they, they don't have that much stuff on them. Because if they do, it will hold them down. That's like running this, this is the same as running this race of faith, right? We have unnecessary weight that hold us down. See, I know that we carry a certain load, as we, especially as parents, right? You're a parent, you have to raise your children. That's, that's a load you have to carry. Ministry, uh, work, that's, that's a load. But what I'm talking about is the unnecessary burdens that we carry, yeah. right? Especially when people dump on you. Uh -oh. Then you start carrying their stuff. I'm here to tell you, everybody not a counselor. <laughs> Stop counseling people that you're not assigned to. God didn't call you to talk to them. Why are you talking to them about these problems? Send them to somebody else. That could be your ministry. That could be your ministry. I'll lead you to the right person. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. That's not your call, right? Don't allow people to, to dump on you. It's okay to have a, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a spiritual stubbornness. Right? Like, I, I refuse to allow people to dump on me. I know I'm a pastor. People come to me with their problems. But I've, I've learned. I've grown. Right? So when people come to me with their problems, I give them a tool and they get, give them the problems right back to them. Here's a tool, and here go your problems. Because <laughs> you, you have to shed off some stuff. It's hard for us to finish the race and keep the faith because of all this stuff on us. You got to shed some stuff off of you. Right? You, have to, you have to guard, your Bible says to guard your heart, right? So we, 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 we act heroic sometimes, talking to people, with, they got all this stuff on them. They don't get this stuff off of me. I send you to Pastor Bob, talk to him. He is a great counselor, right? So <laughs> I got you, I got you, right? And so we carry unnecessary weight. See, I understand sometimes we, uh, some things just happen to us, right? That can be devastating, like a divorce, loss of a job, financial difficulties, sick family members, right? But we still cannot allow them to hold us down because we won't be able to finish the race, to finish the race, right? See, some people, I believe, are still carrying the, uh, a pandemic weight. I call them spiritual LBs. Some of you got to, I'm not just talking about the physical part, although I know some of us, I know including myself, got a little spirit, some pandemic LBs, right? Right, but we, so, but, but we, we carry like the bad news, right? We listen to the news of certain voices and, you know, the, uh, we're carrying the, the, the unknown with us, right? And so it, it holds us down, it prevents us from moving forward because we don't know what's going to happen. Right? Or we hear all this bad news all, all, all the time. Right? It's like, oh, no, something else is coming. This other disease is coming. Or this, this and that is coming. So it prevents us from just living life. Because we're carrying around this burden. God's saying to you, that's not yours to carry. Why are you carrying this unnecessary burden in your life? 
And Jesus has an answer for that. He said it when he was living, when he walked the earth. He said this, right? In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, come to me, not to your neighbor, not to the news reporter. He says, come to me, come to me. He didn't even say, go to your pastor. He says, come to me. Because what he's going to say, right, no one else could do. No one else can do what he's about to say. He says, come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he says, come to me, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And he says, I will carry your burdens. So Jesus is, is, is willing to carry your burdens alongside of us, right? So he was using a metaphor based on, on the oxen who are yoked together. Yeah. I love this. The oxen work in tandem because the yoke placed on their shoulders keeps them aligned. Without a yoke, the oxen would wander apart. The yoke is essential for keeping them focused, keeping them focused on their assignment. See, when you allow Jesus to take up one end of the yoke, right, he, he carries the heavy part. So we carry the load, Jesus carried the burden. And he's alongside of us. He's looking at us. He was saying that, hey, you know what? I got this. You just rest because I need you to finish the race. And I need you to keep the faith. So, because as I carry your load, any problems that you will have in your life, we still move forward because I'm alongside of you carrying the weight that you can't carry. I need you to finish the race. You just keep going no matter what you experience in your life. I'm carrying the load. I'm making it lighter for you. You can keep going. You can keep finishing the race. Jesus wants us to finish the race. He says, come to me with all of your burdens. Give it to me. I will carry it right alongside of you and walk with you and encouraging you, encourage you to finish, to finish, to finish the race. Don't just start real good, finish real well, right? Don't just start, finish well, finish the race, finish the race, finish the race. We carry some unnecessary stuff. We have to practice giving things over to God. This power and release. Release stage is just simply letting things go. I've said this before. Release is important for faith, for real faith. Because as long as you hold on to it, God can't touch it. You just carry it all by yourself. If you, if you hold on to it, God can't even do anything to it. He can't touch it. Right? Because you're holding it so close. And it's just weighing you down. God can't, 
God can clean up messes that we can't fix. So I would like for us to declare some things. I have on the screen a declaration of release. I want to release some things here this morning. Can we release some things here this morning? Yes, we're going to release some things. Here it goes. So you can just repeat after me, right? So if you're willing to release some things this morning, we're just going to declare these things, right? So it says, I lay aside the need to understand why things happen the way they do. I lay aside my fears because my faith pleases you. I lay aside my, my resistance to fully trust your thoughts, your ways, and your plans. I lay aside being so self-consumed in an attempt to protect myself. I lay aside my anger, unforgiveness, stubborn ways that beg me to build walls when I sense hints of rejection. I lay aside all these things and I ask for your holy fire to consume until consume them until they become weightless ashes. And I ask your holy fire to consume them until they become weightless ashes. Hallelujah. Okay, my third and final uh, point. I don't have a long message for you uh, today. Um, so third and final point of how we uh, keep the faith is we simply have to keep going deeper with, with God, right? Deeper with our faith. So Matthew 14, 28 sa says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Mm. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was bolstering, he was afraid. And being, uh, beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why you doubt? And when they go, in, when they go into the boat, they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And so, real uh, familiar story, you hear this thousands and thousands of times, that uh, here the disciples are in the boat looking for Jesus, and Jesus was walking on water. Um, so it's interesting what uh, Jesus said to Peter when he began to sink, he says, oh, you of little faith, where he, he said previously that all we need is a, a seed of, of faith, a small seed of faith. That's, so it's kind of confusing, right, if you really think about it. But he was calling Peter deeper. He knew that Peter had the ability of, of greater faith, right? So he's calling him out of the boat. See, when it comes to faith, right, Faith is not normal. So my charge to you is you can't be normal. I'm looking out there now and I'm looking at you and I'm like, 
I don't know if you knew this or not about yourself, but you're not normal. <laughs> I know you came to church for encouragement, for me to, to say some nice things, about, but I'm just saying that you're not normal. But that's okay. That's what God wants us, right? He, he knows us, right? He doesn't want us to be normal. Faith is not normal. What Jesus was asking Peter to do was not normal. Because if you think about science, or right, I mean, gravity would, would tell us that if you, if you step your foot on the water, you will sink. So why would Jesus tell Peter to walk on something that was not solid? See, he was calling Peter to do something different, something that no one else had done. I'm here to tell you, God may be calling you to do something no one else has done. If it's crazy, if it doesn't make sense, that means you're the first one that's going to do it. So it may, for, for some people, it just may be graduating from college. It may, some people may be starting, a, uh, starting and completing a successful business. So whatever the case may be, it may be crazy and it may not seem solid, but God's saying, all I need you to do is take a step out of your comfort zone and, and, and come to me. He said, come to me. He told, he told Peter, he said, come to me. And I love Peter's response. He says, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. I mean, because that's kind of crazy. Seeing all the water around, the waves and all that, and this is like water. He saw Jesus walking on water, right? He said, well, if that's Jesus there, I mean, I guess I can be able to get to him if he is calling me the Prince of Peace, right, the Son of God, right, the Almighty, if he tells me to come, I will do it. That's kind of the response that God is looking for us, that God, if that's you, tell me to come. No matter what the conditions are, tell me to, tell me to come. If the ground doesn't look solid, but just tell me to come. I, I guess you're going to figure it out, right, because if I step into the water, Gravity tells me that I'm going to sink, right? So it's important that Peter, right, is, you know, is a response to, uh, to Jesus' call. The interesting thing that uh, uh, Jesus did not want Peter to, to look at the other disciples in the boat. Because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. See, Peter had a mustard seed faith, but Jesus was calling him to greater faith. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So there's other disciples, they were like, they probably was like, you know, imagine the conversations. They were probably just like, oh, what's, I mean, what he about to do? He's sure that's Jesus. I don't know, because I, I can't really tell. I don't got my glasses on. I can't really tell if Jesus is, is, or not. You know, Thomas was like, I ain't going out there. You see those waves? I mean, look, look at the water. Look at the, this is crazy, right? This is, this is crazy. I mean, why would Jesus tell us to do something like that? Look at this. What is what? If you step out of the boat, you're going you're gonna to sink. It may be sharks in there. And I'm sure it was like, maybe it was like my people in there, right? You know, my people was like, like, I ain't going out there because I can't swim. <laughs> right? You know, some of the females like, look, I don't got nothing to cover my hair, so I ain't, going, I ain't trying to get my hair wet. I'm just saying, I ain't, I ain't about to go out there, so I don't know. Y'all do that, you know, y'all some Jesus freaks, so y'all go out there. And do. So Jesus was calling them to do something crazy. See, the thing about, he couldn't, so he couldn't be normal. He couldn't, Jesus didn't want him to do what the disciples were doing. They were staying in their boat. See, what happens is, I believe a lot of Christians, right, want God to use them in their boat. So God, just, 
just do, I will do what you say, right, as long as it fits in my boat. Oh, God, it doesn't fit in my boat, so your idea of more faith is going to buy a bigger boat. Will this fit what you're asking me to do, God? I just bought a bigger boat. So whatever you're asking me to do, so whatever God asks you to do, it's, it, it make sure it fits in your boat because it's safe. Staying in the boat is safe. It's convenient. I don't feel like getting wet. I just bought these new clothes. I don't feel like getting wet. Maybe another day. Uh, Jesus, I'm about to take uh, swimming lessons, right? When, when I'm done with my swimming lessons, and then I will probably get out of the boat. I'm afraid of sharks. So it's safe. It's, it's comfortable, right? So what, a lot of times when God's asking us to do something, it's just crazy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem stable. It's not solid enough. All the ducks are not in the row. Why would Jesus ask us to do something that doesn't make sense? Too many Christians have that boat ministry. The call to faith is to get out of the boat. It's not to be normal. It's not to be not to do what other people are doing. See, God has a special call in your life, but it requires you to take a step. All of this is just a step out of the boat. Stop trying to be normal. Stop trying to be. Stop trying to conform to the ways of the Lord of, of, of the world or to another Christian. Don't look beside you or in front of you. Don't look at what other people are doing. God's saying that you're not normal. You're not normal. Your cause not normal. What I'm, at, what I'm calling you to do, it's not normal. It's going to take some crazy, ridiculous faith that does not make sense. See, I'm about that life. I don't know about you. You may want to sit in your little boat and be comfortable, catch a few fish here and there, whatever, but I'm Whatever God's asking me to do, it may seem scary, right? It may have a lot of uncertainties, but I'm willing to get out of the boat. I am just trying to get this church to give up their boat ministry and do something crazy for God. That's what's going to require some just ridiculous faith, right? So we can just see the miraculous from the Lord, right? I don't want convenient Christians to be in this church, Right, God's calling us to do something different. He put us here in the Christ Haven to do something different. He put us in this community to do something different. Let's do something crazy that doesn't make any sense, but we have to be willing. We have to be willing. I mentioned last week, right, when, when, when Jesus told the disciples to drop your nets and follow him, we have too many Christians that will uh, take, take their nets and follow Jesus. They won't drop their nets. They would say they follow Jesus with their nets. God's calling us to drop our nets and follow him. That means drop our ways, our fears, whatever it is, to drop them. God wants us to do something crazy in this church. It was something crazy. See, God, so some of the disciples, they were, they were shallow Christians. They were shallow Christians. They were like, all right, Peter, you go. You, you go, let me, let us know how to, if you catch something, if something happens, just let, let, let us know. You know, so shallow Christians, right, they want the benefits, but they don't want the cost of following Jesus. And I'm blessing. I want that Goliath faith blessing. We're not faithful where you are. Step out of the boat. God's calling us to step out of the boat. Do something different. Do something. It's not part of your resume. God's adding to your resume. It's not something you've done before. 
God's building your faith. Can you step out? Anybody here willing to step out? Yeah. Uh, be careful. Be careful with your yes. God would challenge you. That's awesome. Yes. So the thing with Peter, we all know how the story is, right? Because the thing about faith or finishing this race, we have to stay focused. We have to stay focused on Jesus. Right? So uh, Hebrews 12.2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, it was important for Peter not to look back at the boat. Look for Jesus and keep looking for Jesus. No matter what the storms are, are going on, Peter was supposed to just keep his eyes focused on Jesus. And so the thing about it, yes, as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Fear kicked in. Do you know fear sinks us? Fear sinks us. Instead of Jesus being our anchor, fear becomes our anchor, pulls us down. Fear. So as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. So he, 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 he took his focus off of the next step. He lost sight of the next step. And he began, he began to sink. He began to sink. See, focus got Peter out of the boat. Focus got Peter to do something different, do something that no one else has done. But he lost focus and he began to sink. But the thing about Jesus, our Jesus, he is awesome, right? There's always a way, a way out. He's always reaching for us. Uh, so Peter, at least Peter had a mustard seed faith. His faith grew, right, walking on water. He did walk on water, but he lost focus. But Jesus was there to pull him up, pulled him up, pulled him right next to him. He says, all right, you carry your load. I carry your burden. And let's just keep walking. Let's walk back to the boat. Stay focused. Let's walk back to the boat. Let's walk back to the boat. See, it doesn't matter. Whatever burden you are carrying, Jesus is there to walk alongside of you. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused on Jesus because he is the author of your life. The author. Write it out. The author that signed, sealed from Jesus. Pastor Joaquin's story from Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Because he's right there alongside of us, carrying our burdens. As we give it to him, he's carrying our burdens. He's lighting our load because he wants us to say what Paul says, said at the end of his life. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I kept the faith. I'm speaking that prophetically over your life. You, caught, you fought the good fight. You finished the race, and you kept the faith. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's podcast. Thank you, and have a blessed week.